and welcome to Frog Flicks, the historical costume movies and TV reviews podcast and blog and things. I'm your host, Tristan L. Bass, and I'm here with our original recording cast of... Sarah Lorraine. And Kendra Van Cleave, who has a cold. Well, yeah. and we all kind of have, or have had, or are recovering from. And it's my fault, or really my husband's fault. Um, and we all have them because, or have had them, or are still having them, because we uh, are just recently returned from London, where um, we shared a flat, and um, we went for uh, a fabulous conference, the Association of Dress Historians Conference, Interwoven is the name. And so, you know, we had a great time on that. Uh, there were about 60 some odd uh, presenters, like three at a time over two course of two days and um, on all kinds of topics. We hit our refreshing our uh, knowledge of costume uh, and fashion history so as to further eludicate our readers on topics as such like that. Um, anything you guys would like to share about the conference? I was going to give a shout out to the, the viewer or reader that I met, and now I can't remember her name, so never mind. <laughs> I ran into at least one person who, uh, who was a, a fan of Frock Flicks. Well, no, we ran into, we ran, yeah, we're a few. We also ran into uh, James, who ran up to Tristan and was like, I know who you are, and then discovered through the course of a uh, couple of minutes of conversation over wine that uh, he was a avid reader of the blog and therefore knew us. So shout out to James. So, hey, James. <laughs> I'll just say that the, the coolest part probably of the conference was that Lucy Worsley presented um, and we've blogged before about the documentaries that she's made for the BBC. Um, she is uh, the curator of the Historic Royal Palaces, um, and she was involved in a project with some other curators looking at Queen Victoria's surviving clothing and how that relates to her health um, and other sort of physical aspects of her. So I think for all three of us, we were pretty much, you know, having the celebrity sighting, squeeing, you know, moment, and she was wearing a cute little coat, as she always does. Uh, and uh, it was a really interesting presentation. Definitely, that was a super highlight, even though it was at the very first thing, crack of dawn, and we were all super jet-lagged, but it was totally worth it, uh, totally worth it. Um, and there were, there were people from, you know, all over the world, all over England, UK, US, Asia. Sweden. Uh, Sweden, that's right. <laughs> all right. Uh, Friend of ours, Ava or Eva, who was uh, who was also a presenter, was there with a couple of her colleagues from uh, the university that she works at in Sweden, which is escaping my memory right now. So, hey, Eva, <laughs> <laughs> also a reader of the blog. So, shout out, definitely, and people from different parts of of the industry, from academia, uh, people who worked in theater, who worked in um, film. Uh, we heard some great uh, nuggets where we were just, you know, in the kind of in-between times where, you know, sitting, you know, kind of like Kendra and I were sitting and having lunch and had some great conversations. Um, some really will help inform some things in the blog. So that was um, really fascinating. 
and we're glad that we were able to um, go to this kind of conference. We also had, outside of the conference, while we were in London, we uh, met up with a writer, um, Hallie Rubenhold, who we are we interviewed for the blog. Um, this is going to be coming probably next week or two when I finish transcribing <laughs> the interview. We had a couple hours, fantastic conversation, and that's going to be going on Patreon. She wrote The Covenant Garden Ladies, um, which was the source material for Harlots, and The Lady in Red, which is the source material for The Scandalous Lady W. She has um, another book coming out, which is going to be source material for something else, which I'm not going to tell you about yet. You're going to just have to wait for the article. Um, she's also consulted on um, other historical costume uh, TV shows, and she had a lot of great insights, um, behind-the-scenes um, information, and you just going to love the hell out of everything she has to say, because we sure as hell did. She's uh, a doll. Absolutely she was. wonderful. And tinier yeah. than Sarah, which is I know. She was super wee, and she was very cute. <laughs> I, totally. I decided, I decided uh, she's she's definitely one of the good ones. So, you know, yeah. hopefully in the future we'll be able to get together with her some more and, and hear more from her. Totally a kindred spirit. That was so much fun. So um, I, I know everyone, you know, who's a fan of the blog will really love hearing her insights um, from kind of the behind-the-scenes uh, of how, how things get made, how the sausage is made. And in particular, the whole question of historical accuracy, we're always, you know, pulling our hair out. You know, why, why are they rewriting the history or why aren't they showing this? You know, what actually happened? And she, because she's a consultant on the history part of stuff, she had some great insights into, you know, the considerations and, and what it's like to try to be the one to say, um, no, actually, it would never happen that way. Let's look at some upcoming news and things in the world of historical costume movies and TV. One thing that's coming real soon that's been playing in the UK is the uh, kind of mini three-part miniseries called Gunpowder, starring Game of Thrones star Kit Harington. Uh, it's going to be playing on HBO in the States on December 18th. Uh, we're going to actually talk about that in our the review section of the podcast later, so um, we're not going to get too much into that, but if you, if you listen to our review and you still want to see it, uh, <laughs> hint, hint. God help um, you. It'll be around uh, in the U.S. Also coming up are the second season of The Crown. Um, I know Sarah watched the first season and really liked it. Mm-hmm. I did. And the trailer just came out for season two. You know, and then, of course... First thing in the new year, second season of Victoria. Getting all the heavies there, coming back. Murder on the Orient Express just got uh, released, which I know because my mother is coming to visit this weekend. And first thing she said was, we have to go see Murder on the Orient Express. So expect a review of uh, Kenneth Branagh and his facial hair. Oh, okay, good. Oh, someone, you're taking, taking one for the team there. It's because <laughs> I care. All right, well, better you than me. Uh, <laughs> I love Ken, but I hate murder mysteries, as everyone now knows uh, on the website. I'm that one. One thing I do love, though, is uh, Tolkien. And while I'm not going to talk about the fact that there is going to be a miniseries version of The Lord of the Rings, which does not need to happen, but I'm not going to talk about it. The fuck? 
Really? Yes. Yes. That's been announced. Why? Exactly. Some. <gasps> anyway, not going to talk about it because that's fancy and that's not part of our purview. But what is part of? But our it's purview, remakes. Why? It's why? Why mess with perfection? All right. I'm just going to say I'm done. Yes. I'm done. Uh, <laughs> I have the same opinion, but I'm not going to talk about it. What I am going to talk about is that in 2018 there is a movie about Tolkien's life that's coming out. I'm kind of excited about that because the first pictures of it's been, been filming currently um, in the UK and that's those pictures of him coming out and it looks good actually. Well, at least the costumes look good. Uh, it's set in the world war one era um, and they, they, they look really nice. So I'm going to probably blog about this um, because there's, there's some really nice Lily Collins plays um, his love interest and if you know Tolkien, you know it's like Luthien and Barry, Baron, Baron, whatever. I can't remember how to pronounce that because it's crazy elf words. Um, but the one of the big love stories in the Silmarillion was based on Tolkien and his wife, their love story, and so that was one of the first things that he wrote, and he based it on him and his wife getting together. And so this is the story, the movie the biopic is the story of him and his wife getting together right after or kind of during world war one. So it feels kind of romantic and a, and a, and a nod to the fantasy, but it's historical. So it's got some nice costumes. That's pretty much all the really upcoming movies at this point. There's going to be, there, there might be some other, you know, little things in this Oscar-y season, but they all look kind of dark and depressing and not not like flashy, fun stuff that we cover. But if, we you know. occasionally do dark and depressing. Yeah, if they have good costumes. Sure, yes. <laughs> okay, so what about some more um, things that we have coming up for the blog? I watched My Cousin Rachel, the most recent 2017 movie uh, starring Rachel Weisz, on the plane over to London. I have not seen the 19, what is it? 40s, 50s, 30s (laughs) version. Olivia de Havilland starred in it. Right, which Tristan reviewed for the blog. But anyway, I uh, watched it and um, I thought it was actually quite good. There was part of me that wanted to murder uh, some of the various characters, but, you know, that goes without saying. Um, And so I'll be writing a review um, uh, of it for the blog. I think it's required that you hate some of the characters in that uh, movie. Boys are really dumb. Yes, that was, I think I created a... uh, boys are dumb tag or, or no, it's something like um, dumb boys deserve to die or something. So there's cause yeah, I think the moral of that movie is that boys are dumb and the costumes. Yeah. I, I really, I mostly really like the costumes. There were a few things that I think were done for theatrical reasons that weren't quite accurate. The main thing being um, how the main character, Rachel Weiss's character moves through the stages of mourning. They start her off in full mourning and then as they, they try to bring her out of it, they don't actually follow the, the actual very prescribed um, rules about colors and that sort of thing. Um, and I will geek out about that on the blog. Um, and then also there was some kind of substantial um, trying to show that the kind of the local people were behind the times um, and doing that whole trope of, you know, we're wearing clothes that are five years out of date. And it's like, yes, I can buy that but you still can alter some basic things. But I get that they want to be a bit broad so that a modern audience can see a, a striking difference. Sarah? One of the things I've, I'm working on for the for the blog is uh, Juana Inez, uh, the uh, miniseries that's on Netflix right now. It's a Mexican miniseries about uh, the 
Mexican nun uh, from the 17th century. I guess the 17th century is very much kind of on our theme right now. Um, and, uh, and it's interesting because she's kind of an early icon of feminism. She was uh, theorized to have been a lesbian because of her quite intense and passionate communications and letters with uh, various other women of the uh, Spanish court in, in New Spain, which was Mexico at the time. Um, so it, and it's actually, the, the costumes are horrible, like some of the worst costumes I've ever seen put on screen. Um, but the plot sucked me in and the actors sucked me in and suddenly I'm watching like all the episodes and being all into it. So expect and, a, a review shortly on that one. And I can't wait for Sarah to review the story because I had already earmarked it as something I'm going to review for Snark Week because the costumes are atrocious. They are, they are so just like... Like if you went to, I don't know, Party City and got you yeah. all the uh renaissance costumey thing like literally that level it, it's, it, so I, it's unbelievably bad but then again like i'm saying that the, the flip side of it is that the cinematography the plot the actors everything else around it are really good so i don't know why they literally have a 20 dollars budget for costuming but everything else <laughs> in, the, in the series they, is they blew watching. their wad on everything else. They must have. I mean, they must have spent it all on the their uh, the main actress, um, whose name is completely escaping me. She was in like Water for Chocolate. Um, she uh, she's was very well known, of course, in like the the mid nineties, mid to late nineties. She kind of had a, a trans uh, continental, you know, popularity that uh, crossed over into American media. Um, and she plays one in as, as an adult, um, and she's very good. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, other than that, like the costumes are just painfully bad. So bad. I'm going back and I'm watching the first season of Versailles, uh, with, with my fiance right now, cause I got him hooked on it. So revisiting the first series and I have to say, I'm enjoying it a lot more the second time around. Um, I guess I'm kind of working in my head on a post about um, kind of tying into that, like historical biographies and how closely they are adhered to by um, films and TV shows that are based on that work. I mean, that's kind of looking a little bit tying into with uh, Hallie Rubenhold as well. Um, and then also uh, uh, Antonia Frazier with her... Um, Marie Antoinette, a journey biography, and how that also was uh, pretty pretty closely adhered to with the uh, uh, Sofia Coppola's Marie Antoinette, um, the Duchess, and Georgina, uh, the biography uh, Georgina that was used as the source material for the Duchess. So I mean, I'm kind of I'm working on something in my head right now that's kind of along those lines. So wow, that that sounds great. Oh, good. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, I, I recently watched, or rather, I haven't watched all three yet, but I'm in the middle of watching the Sissy trilogy from the 1950s, the German movies that were made about um, em the Empress Elizabeth, Elizabeth of Austria, which, oh my God, these are the best. Um, this is like, these are an institution in German-speaking countries. Um, they play them... Well, I don't know if they still play them, but they, for the longest time, they played them every year around Christmas, and I randomly came across them uh, being played on um, Turner Movie Classics, and so I record them, and I'm, 
almost halfway through them and they're just they're all romantic pretty pretty princess hoop skirts and big hair and bling and overwrought drama and it's it's awesome it's the best it's it's just like it's crazy i'm impressed because i remember trying to watch a, i think the first one and it was so twee and sound of music um <laughs> and i actually love the sound of music so uh, I don't know, but I, I lost interest very quickly. Um, but I think maybe I didn't get to the glamorous part. Yeah, they're very, they're very silly. I mean, they're very pretty, pretty princess. They are the epitome, as the title of the article will be. Sissy, Sissy is the pretty, pretty princess we need at the right now, uh, because it's, it's. This is candy floss. This is pure candy floss movie making, at its finest, frankly, and. You know, you just sometimes you just need to sit back with a, a big box of bonbons and some champagne, and a big fluffy frou frou fest, and this is it. This is <laughs> and this is ultimately like a uh, hundred million hours of it in German. <laughs> so, you know, it's fun, and and the the crazy thing about it is, is that it it barely gets through. Like, I think it takes about maybe five or six years of her life in uh, like real time. <laughs> it's crazy. So that's that's fun to fun to watch, and um, it probably won't be that much writing. It's just going to be a lot of pictures because. Pretty. I, I will add there were a couple of other things that I kind of forgot to mention um, that I it reminded me, Tristan, of what you were saying. Like I, I picked up the uh, DVD of the Russian um, version of uh, Queen Margot that was done, I think, in like the late 90s or early 2000s. Uh, and it's talk about Schlockfest. Um, it's <laughs> snark, it's snark week fodder up the wazoo. Um, so I'm trying to work my way through that. That's pretty painful, but wait, you know, a couple of months for snark week. I'm sure you'll, you'll get the full deal. And then also, yeah, also Artemisia, uh, which was a biopic that came out in the mid to late nineties, I think and it was Italian. Um, and I just got the DVD for that. So that's another one that's going to be coming up pretty quick. So for our reviews for this uh, podcast, um, let's start with something that Sarah and I watched on the flight over to London. Thanks to the wonderful in-flight service of British Airways, we got the pilot episode of Jamestown, which we mentioned on the blog a while back when it first came out in the UK, um, where there were these previews that... <laughs> as I believe the my headline I wrote was, is, is Jamestown all about sex? Because the, the preview videos were just sex, sex, some vomit, some pigs being de decapitated, and sex. I think you should remind our listeners what is Jamestown about? Well, that was what the videos seemed to indicate, that it was all about sex and muck. Okay, yes, but theoretically. And I'm getting to that. In addition to that, supposedly... The story is about the first uh, settlement of Jamestown. So, about the the men go over and found the colony, and some you know, seven or eight years later, um, a ship full of women—I mean, not full of women. There's like there's 
what, three or four, um, come over and these women have been bought essentially, or their passage has been paid um, by these men that they are contractually obligated to marry. And does so, anyone know if that actually happened in reality? I, I tried to look look it up, and, and I couldn't find any details other than that. There are two of the characters, at least, that are based on real people. Um, the, the two kind of upper-class-ish people, one of the women and, and the, the man who is kind of like the second-in-charge guy. Um, who will eventually, in real life, he became the, the next governor of the, of the colony. Those were based on, they are real names, at least. They are All names, right, we'll get they, we'll Their get names are that. real people that existed. Uh, whether or not she came over in this way, I couldn't find anything about that. And yeah. So it, it smells of total bullshit to me. But whatever, maybe it happened, I don't know. The rest of it. <clears throat> well, so what did we think of Jamestown, you two? One of the things that immediately, as as the title rolls in of, of Jamestown, the, the credits and everything, uh, it immediately is like, from the makers of Downton Abbey. So, you, <laughs> yeah, so you get this idea, like Downton Abbey, which was so very real feeling and had amazing costumes and high production value and great script and great actors. You're like setting yourself up and your mind this is going to be like the 17th century version of Downton Abbey it is not it is <laughs> crappy costumes except for like one example uh it is it is terrible writing the characters are so unbelievable it, it just laughable I mean it's basically all the tropes that you know, Tristan and I have, we're sitting on the airplane um, next to one another and just like elbowing each other every single time, like something happened that was just stupid as fuck. Um, one of the things that stuck out in my mind was, you know, one of the main characters goes up to another one of the main characters who's just been raped and says, you know, they've nailed a man's ear to a, a post for, for, uh, public drunkenness or something like that. Surely they will hang a man for rape. And you're like, it's the 17th century. It's the new world. You know, no, that's not going to happen for another 300 years. Um, <laughs> so it's all of this, like, you know, trying to shoehorn modern feminism into a context where it really doesn't fit or work historically uh, and, and doing it kind of ham-fistedly. Well, also, so, you guys need to talk about the marching off into the woods because it's oh to me like we'll the trope. that. Okay, because the oh, trope. Yeah of, oh, she's a modern feminist, and mm -hmm. you can tell that because she makes really stupid decisions. <laughs> yeah, she's an individual who's thinking on her own so, and goes, yeah. So even, I mean, even, you know, before that, so they're coming off the mm -hmm. ship, and uh, so there's, I guess there's these three main women that we're supposed to give a shit about, and one of them, the, the, there's there's the feisty one, there's the sweet one, and then there's the upper class scheming one. But the sweet one falls in immediately falls in love with the brother of the guy who she's supposed to be married to. The 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 guy she's supposed to be married to is seriously low rent Sean Bean. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he looks yeah. he, that's what it looks like. Yeah. Um, and he's an asshole, and he's the one who randomly rapes her before they get married because sure why not you know let's just do that you know drama 
drama, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and just to kind of reinforce the fact that you know she should be in love with his brother, whatever. And so she goes around. Now she's not only really hates the guy she's going to supposed to be married to. She is either even more pining for his brother, um, and then complaining to the, the feisty one who is going to be married off to this drunkard who, and then the drunkard who is going to bet, who's going to try to, he's playing, he's gambling in the tavern and he's going to gamble away his soon to be wife on a dice game. Such a trope. Because yes, uh, you know, it's like everything that happens is is just such a cliche. I mean, where have we seen this? We've we've seen this in a million movies before TV shows. And then after the, the feisty one uh, is, gambled but not gambled away she gets pissed off and that's when she's like ah i'm gonna go tromp off in the woods because because darn it i hate these people and this life and this is terrible i'm just gonna go tromp off in the middle of nowhere even though i don't know where i am this is the wilderness this is a totally wild country and uh, whatever i'm just gonna go tromp off that is filled with native americans that would be completely foreign to an english person and and completely terrifying and threatening and that was the thing that was the thing they've made this whole point in the in the plot of the show that like the woods around us are filled with hostile natives and so what does she do she's like i'm gonna go walk to the next town which is like five miles away through uninhabited native territory wait Um, what next town it's there's James another town there's jamestown and then there's like port town or something like i don't that. believe it. up the road i don't know it was in the fucking movie okay. you know? but but then her friend follows her because yeah. of course you know that's gonna help oh, and do we do we talk about the fact that she's in male clothes at this point yeah you guys haven't talked about the costumes <laughs> oh the costumes were the They're least dire. of the problem it's still dying yeah, I was not as as offended by the costumes as I was by the the utterly unredeeming script and 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 acting. For example, the 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 one the, the few gentry type characters had some okay costumes. The the I guess their name is, is Tuppence or so I, don't I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not gonna look it up. The scheming uh, bitch character. The scheming bitch character yeah. had some cute costumes. <laughs> Like she had this one, um, you know, she had an embroidered, embroidered jacket. jacket that was really yeah. cute. That was a really yeah. cute outfit. It would looked, it was appropriate. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh, but she wasn't wearing it with like the appropriate suit of ruffs. So well, it was basically, she was just in this jacket and skirt. And but she's out in the middle of bumfuck. I mean, I'm, why would she have ruffs at this point? I find that dubious. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I, she's not going to, she, she managed to bring over her, her little jacket. I don't think she, you know, I, I'm not going to think that she would have her ruffs as well. She, she had the, the fact that she had as much wardrobe with her as she did was already dubious. I think we're reading to have- too far into that one because yeah. honestly, like this, this production gave pretty few fucks about the historical accuracy. When you're talking about non, not the upper class characters, like the two upper class women, the the lower class women who make up the bulk of the cast in the show, oh, they, they were all kind random. of like in, they were yeah, right. random, random ye oldy costume, you know, uh, poorly uh, fitted uh, bodices and whatnot. <laughs> so, so the middle character, the the nicey one, she basically had standard kirtles, like she though the the sleeves were wackadoodle with these like 
laced on with you know two random loops sort of thing that was really irritating but, i thought it was badly fitted i mean honestly i think the problem i had with it was that she looked like she was wearing clothes that were literally two two sizes too big for her um and a couple of characters were like that where i was like eh, you know and i could have forgiven it probably if it fit better um but yeah to me it just was kind of like oh she's wearing a yoldy tiny costume whatever well i'm just google imaging things and i'm horrified uh and <laughs> all i can see is hair everywhere oh, well, oh god yeah the hair was shortage all over the place with yeah, this one the hair was jesus. was yeah. jesus and some shot of them all in sort of like stays in petticoats and That's one of them just saying. sort of looks yeah, but but not good stays in petticoats. Like one of them's in this like no. I'm kind of casual. I'm wearing a vest. Sort. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. You know, there were some cute jackets, but that's about it. There was. I will say, if you if you Google, there are a lot of pictures that are from later episodes that get a lot worse. The first episode, they're not wearing as much. I mean, they don't go through as many costumes because it's just one episode. I'm gonna nitpick this one because that that orange pink costume that the the brunette chick wears, whatever her name is, um, it's just it doesn't fit her. It doesn't fit her at all, and it in any sort of sense of the word. And she wears it in like the first episode. And that pissed me off. So I'm just saying that. Noted. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I honestly had a lot less problem with the costumes. It was such a, such a shitty show that, yeah. I, I feel that they, because they, again, having looked at pictures from the rest from later episodes, yeah, the costumes get much more terrible than the first episode. The first episode had absolutely, just, the story was just unredeemable. And the visuals were just meh but later episodes everything comes together in a in a per more perfect fit show i'm seeing a lot of really loosely fitted things i do see what you mean sarah it looks like a shit show it looks like it would be highly entertaining uh i think we'll get a lot of mileage out of it for snark week memes yeah you'll get yes. a lot of mileages but i wouldn't say it's entertaining i would say no, it's, it's not entertaining it's painful and dire and and yeah. cringy it's <laughs> It's, but not it's, and not in a fun way. Not in a fun way is really what it is. It's just the oh my god! Did you just hear what she just said? That was the dumbest thing I've ever heard anybody utter on screen ever. And yeah, yeah, we really need a mystery science theater. Thank uh, you. Edition. Yeah. And and you know that was one of, one of the things that was disappointing was mm -hmm. that so those original those preview videos um, were much more kind of sexy and campy the way mm -hmm. they were cut. But, you know, this first episode was just dire. The only sex was the rape. The only mucking was there was a, a pig that got pig intestines. I think that was about it. Um, I, I blocked that one out. Well, <laughs> and that's what I mean. It wasn't as extreme. You know. Campy. Yeah, like the, the, yeah, the preview videos were cut so that there was just a lot of, you know, stuff going on just like a lot of extreme camp and and you know it was just a much wilder show so you could at least make fun of it and it was just kind of it seemed to have a lot more sense of taking it taking the piss out of itself but, but no in reality it was taking itself far too seriously yeah. and and the fact yeah. is too that it, like yeah. i said if you watch this thinking you're gonna get downton abbey at all in any any sort of abstract sense 
don't you're gonna be disappointed like way disappointed because it is nothing like I, the only thing it has in common with Downton Abbey is I guess I don't know one of like the 20 showrunners or whatever that did the show worked on Downton Abbey it's it's really there's not, not even the soap opera ass no it's just bad it's yeah. just bad it's just nothing <laughs> yeah. so a historical accuracy question were there <laughs> barrels of dirt Yes, so many barrels of dirt and honky Indians and honky Indians. Excellent, uh, <laughs> like barely tan guys, uh, you know, barely tan guys as the Native Americans. Uh, then that, that was sad. Yeah, I mean, I think they they did actually cast, uh, and I think as we go into, if you went into like later episodes, you get more of actual characters of the Native Americans, and I know that at least one of the Native American major characters is actually Native American. However. The others just really didn't look too yeah. much like it on the surface in the one like, you know, shot that you get in the show. And that could be yeah. completely wrong. I'm sure our readers and listeners will school us extensively on that yes. if we are incorrect on that. The joke is that I once went to historic Jamestown, which is the reproduced mm -hmm. uh, fort, uh, reproduction of the original historical fort and did not have a very good time and was texting Sarah and Tristan about <laughs> things like seeing barrels full of dirt in the houses because we're storing dirt for winter and the fact that all of the uh, reenactors, bless their hearts, they're probably uh, so good at what they do, but the ones playing Native Americans all had red hair. So, and were white uh, as white could be, and yeah. Yes, they were, they were honky, mm -hmm. red-headed honky Indians. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There you go. So Jamestown was pretty dire, um, and and you know it's been a, it's been renewed for a second season. So oh god, yeah, yeah, more Excellent. of that to come. Uh, don't think it's going to get any better. No idea if it's coming to the states. Uh, still, still haven't found any info on that. Uh, so enjoy, our British friends. Enjoy <laughs> our gift to you. But what is coming to the States, as I mentioned before, is gunpowder. Uh, all about the Guy Fox plot to uh, blow up Parliament uh, on November, what's the, which, which date is it? It's the November one. 5th. Remember, remember, the 5th of November, Thank the gunpowder treason and plot. <laughs> Thank you. Early 17th uh, century, right? Yes, it was uh, yes. like 16 teens. Um, James the first. Yeah, James right. the first. Mm -hmm. And so we watched the second episode because that was playing on the BBC while we were in London. Sorry, the gunpowder plot was 1605. So we watched the second episode of three um, because that happened to be just on uh, on the BBC when we were in London. So we didn't you know, see the first and we didn't see the third. Uh, but, you know, we kind of got the gist of what goes on because, you know, it's we know the history and there's no spoilers in history. Has we have said many times before. So what were our opinions? I was so bored. <laughs> all I know is at one point, you know, we're only about halfway. It felt like, first of all, it felt like it was about five hours long. And I just remember looking at Sarah and both of us just being like, oh my God, how much more of this is there? <laughs> um, it was a lot of, you know, Kit Harrington with his overly greased hair that they've hung onto from Game of Thrones. And I'm sure he is contractually obligated not to to change his due 
but I do not understand the greasy thing. You know, we need, uh, to, we need to start a, a tag on the blog for contractually obligated greasy hair because that's another one. Totally. Yeah. Totally. There were a <laughs> lot of guys in leather jackets hanging out in stone, you know, rooms and uh, being very stressed about things. Um, and the only thing that I actually liked were Liv Tyler's costumes. And I was unclear since we were A, coming in in episode two and B, annoyed. Uh, so talking <laughs> over a decent amount of the dialogue, um, I was unclear exactly who she was playing, but I was impressed that her uh, costumes seemed actually, they were really, I'm not saying they were spot on, and I'm certainly not an early 17th century expert, but they actually were trying. There wasn't tits everywhere. The thing, the the lines of things look good. Her hair was up. Uh, it's kind of the anti-Jamestown. Yeah, she was actually uh, playing Kit Harrington's wife, um, the character that Kit Harrington plays in it. And actually, it's weirdly enough, he is actually a descendant of that character in real life, and that was kind of the impetus for this, you know, entire show was that he decided to produce it and then act in it or whatever. Um, yeah, he's producer, writer, and actor, something like that. Um, but yeah, I would say that my, the, the one standout definitely is Liv Tyler's clothes in this are very, very good. And the rest of it is very kind of sticks and rocks, you know? <laughs> it reminded me a lot of um, the movie Elizabeth I with Kate Blanchett with the same sort of, you know, random guys. And I'm sorry, I know Guy Fox is not random, but bear with me. He's not even in it yet. Okay, like, what do when I When we know? watched it, he then, I think he'd been introduced like for a second. Okay, whatever. But it was the same sort of like random guys who you're not really clear on who they are standing around in, in unnecessarily, unnecessary amounts of leather um, and unbuttoned doublets, um, just sort of being grumpy about things and sort of plotting, but not really plotting, if that makes any sense. No, it makes total sense. I, I will say that, you know, this, it did seem very stretched out. I mean, we know the plot. We, we all know. Well, tell us the plot. Some of us may not know the plot. Well, we, I mean, okay, you said it in the rhyme. The rhyme know, is right there. It, it, it takes <laughs> that long to get to, to, to do the plot. I mean. Well, basically, okay. So the plot is that in 1605, there was this uh, a plot to assassinate King James. And, and they, put, they put a ton of gunpowder mm -hmm. under the Houses of Parliament and it kind of, it got found out and it failed. Yeah. Uh, right. Um, and their motivation was that they were Catholic. Yes. And done. And they so they stretched it out to three parts, each of which was about an hour and a half long. Something like that. So three times an hour and a half, I don't know, that's math, but it it's <laughs> long. It's a lot of long, <laughs> tedious, wah, yes. wah, wah. Are you going to help us? Are you going to help us? I think we uh, maybe they're going to help us. Oh, it's going to be dangerous. Oh. Well, and the thing that irritated me, too, was that, like, one second they'd be in London. Next second they'd be in Spain. You know, like, yes. what? You know, and then they'd be back in London. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. And, the, and the, whole, the whole tangent of going yeah. to Spain. And, again, maybe this is historically accurate, but I think they could have found a way to make it more dramatically interesting. They have this whole subplot of they go off to Spain to try to get the support of the Spanish and the Spanish say no. So, yeah. wah, wah, you know, like, why did I just watch that? Then? Yeah. yeah. Spanish and Spain's all like, nope. <laughs> but that did give them the excuse to, to burn some heretics. So, That's, hey. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, uh, Kit Harrington and company are, are all sort of 
distressed and you know well we like, would never well, condone such a thing you it's kind of the, like the idea but you guys are about I know. to go well, we're catholic but we're not that catholic i mean what up come on well, and you're, about, you're involved in a plot to blow up a bunch of people yeah you kind of yeah. are you kind of are that catholic like we you just, don't have any any moral high ground here <laughs> yeah so it was all very silly mm -hmm. i the one good thing that i liked and, and this is a moderately good thing aside from i did really like Liv tyler's costumes in it um king james was a better portrayal than is often given because that is true he is he's often given short shrift in film and tv um, for an extremely bad version, Gunpowder, Treason, and Plot, which is altogether a horrible, 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 horrible thing to watch. Don't ever watch it. The origin of the floating rough. God. <laughs> just, not it's, connected to anything. It is a terrible, terrible, terrible thing. Um, but that's one of the worst versions of King James. Um, it's got all the cliched stereotypes of him as, um, uh, as a... As a as a bad homosexual, among other things, and right? Because a, gay people are twisted and weird, and and and, and, and mean, and and sniveling, and and nasty, and and uh, terrible, terrible people. Yes. And so James was one, and so he must have been terrible, um, according to shitty history. So, but, <laughs> uh, um, but in 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 this version of Gunpowder, he was just a guy. He was a king. He may have had a favorite. But he wasn't like a jerk about it, you know. He just had some political ideas, and then there he was, and you know, yeah, he was just a guy, you know, like any other guy who happens to be king and has some ideas, you know. He was just a guy, and I thought that was very reasonable, you know, especially when the whole point of the show is that they are Catholics and they want to get rid of this king because he's not Catholic, and they're not showing, oh well, he's the bad guy. We need to blow him up, so you know. That, that was reasonable. I mean, again, this is one episode. Maybe they make him look like a dick in the next episode or something so that they have an excuse to blow him up. I don't know. But at least from that one episode, it was kind of like, good, you're not taking the, the easy way out. And I started snarking uh, the Queen Anne's hair, and then uh, I had to eat my words because I looked up portraits of her and. Yes, there are examples of her hair looking like that. I mean, I knew the the big the big frizzy thing. It was more all the the hair parts that were hanging down. But yes, I saw it in portraiture. So so Tristan and Sarah had a good time laughing at me. We did. <laughs> didn't laugh at you. We just I, I laughed at her. We told you you were wrong. <laughs> Tristan <laughs> laughed at me. Well, because Tristan's mean. I know she is. I am mean. Yeah. I also like Anne of Denmark's hair because it's fucking weird. She I love weird hair too. Yeah. Or is it Anne of Austria? I can't remember which. Which is it? Would it? Would it? Anne of Denmark. Anne of Denmark. I was right. Was it? Anyway, Anne. Anne. No, Anne. It it's was, an Anne. One of the Anne. Anne of Austria. It was Anne of Austria. Anne of Austria. Yeah. No, no, Anne of Denmark. Anne of ah, I'm looking it up right Anne. now. Okay. Anne. Okay. It's, yeah. I can't. I know it's Anne. Oh, you're right. Anne of Austria was the was the wife of Louis the Thirteenth. Yes. Okay. Yes. Fine. I got confused because of because of Versailles. All right. I know. It it's Anne. very confusing. All these Anne's. All these fucking Anne's. These Habsburg Anne's. Jesus. Anne's. But yes, yeah, she did wear crazy, super crazy hair and super crazy dresses too. Actually, that was, I love those crazy dresses. So, um, so yeah, there's a few tiny little things that I mean. I guess you know. I guess gunpowder's not bad. It's just boring. Yeah. Like like they, James it, Jamestown is bad. I mean, Jamestown is really, really bad. 
gunpowder is just boring. And maybe if you're really into like Kit Harrington. Kid hearing. Even though you don't even see his butt in it, which was a complete like waste of my life. Just saying. I mean, maybe if you're into not just Kid Harrington's butt, but hey, it's um, a very valid thing to be into. It is, it is. That's true. But that's what Game of Thrones is for. I know. Right? Um, well, see, Game of Thrones set my expectations so high. Well, if maybe I was gonna say, maybe okay. if you're into wanky political machinations and watching guys yap about what they're going to do for six hours then maybe this is the show for you but could they do it naked because that would be more interesting it would have helped that would have <laughs> that, or edit the sucker down to three hours you know yeah, this, just, could, this could be a two-hour show I, I feel like i would have enjoyed it a whole lot more if the pacing had picked up yes agreed totally agreed um but hey you know I wonder if it'll be cut for HBO because American audiences don't give a shit about all these. Yeah, apparently, apparently we're proving the stereotype. Yes. <laughs> we too have short attention spans. It's, this is true. I mean, if they, like I said, if they included more boobs or peen, I think we would be all in. I think we would have no problem with watching it, but no, it was all boring. I am very intense about plots and Shit. They went for the graphic violence instead of the sex. I think it wasn't, but even then it wasn't that graphic or violent. I mean, like they burned the two heretics in the beginning and there was maybe a sword fight. Like, well, apparently the first episode wa got a lot of complaints really? uh, for graphic violence. I must have just completely tuned it out because the only thing well, I remember Well, we didn't, the... we didn't watch the first episode. Oh, you're right. Okay, good point. Because yeah. <laughs> I don't remember it. It was, it was in the... It was in the British press, um, okay. a lot of complaints. And then peop and then the, the showrunners said, well, but it was historically accurate violence. And but, but the British press also complained about Versailles being too raunchy, and that was completely not raunchy. I mean, we, yeah, we well, watched the unedited, you know, uh, UK version of it. So I don't know, uh, whatever. Don't listen to the British press. Yeah. yeah, I think they just want something to clutch their pearls about. Pretty much. I know. It's fun. It's fun to read, though. <laughs> uh, um, but I want to just disagree with, and I know Sarah is being jokey, with the idea that if there had been more, you know, sex, gunpowder would have been improved. Because, I mean, take something like the Tudors. There's faux sex happening all the time. Doesn't make it a good show. That's not to say I'm going to say no to, you know, some, some, you know, happy shagging. I'm, I'm all for that. But really, you know, there's, there's pacing, there's script, there's story. Uh, and those things have to be there. Uh, sure, we would have been more distracted if there had been more nudity. But, you know. Uh, <laughs> you I know. think actually a good comparison is Wolf Hall, where there is a lot of talking about political stuff, but it's the language is great and the acting is great. And the Everybody. costumes are great. And the costume. Well, yeah. I mean, this one didn't have a costume problem, at least. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, some of the I, too much leather randomness, but. Yeah, and the whole slouchy, unbuttoned doublet. It's just such a trope okay. to you. Man. Okay, these were not. They were, these were, un, they were like two buttons unbuttoned at the top. This is not Joseph Fiennes and Shakespeare's yeah, love. Disagree, disagree. Um, no, I'm, 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 on, I'm with Kristen on this one because this I think. This is nothing. Two We've buttons at the way. top. All right. Yeah, this was not bad. Worse. This was not bad. Although the leather pants, that was bad. Yeah, leather yeah, pants. Was there bad. were a lot of and leather boots. pants. 
and Boone's yeah. gone. But they were outside most they of the time. They were, true enough. They were running between London and Flanders and Spain constantly. So right. Just, they, you know, because yes. that's be just, wearing boots all the time. They were just flying Ryanair, you know, as a quick <laughs> yeah, trip. That's right. You can't tack a bag because they're, like, they're like getting on the channel, going over to Fair Paris, yes. you know, on their spare time. Uh, <laughs> have an afternoon. Yeah. God, it's so, crazy. Um, so uh, yeah, I think that pretty much covers our reviews for this uh, <laughs> podcast. Uh, yeah. So there we are. Um, we have successfully uh, podcasted uh, w- once a month now. Yay! <laughs> we've done it us. twice. We've done it twice. <laughs> I think we can yes. more, and then we can. We can stick. <laughs> yes, we can stick the landing. We can do this. Yeah. So yeah, as you can tell, we have uh, plenty of things coming up now, and we are planning ahead for some good stuff in the new year already. Oh yes, we're always planning ahead, and we're and, certainly always planning for Snark Week. Yes, always for Snark oh, Week. Oh yeah. Yep. And we will have, as as I mentioned, we'll have some uh, Patreon only posts. Uh, so we are really appreciate everyone who's signed up on Patreon. Your support helps us keep everything going. So um, thanks so much for your subscriptions and um, for your donations. And thanks for following us on Twitter and on Facebook. And uh, tell your friends, leave a review for us on iTunes or wherever you listen to us on, on podcasts. We appreciate that too. So I think that's it for this month. We'll try to get back uh, to podcasting once a month. At a uh, minimum. At a minimum. Well, there we go. Bye. Bye. Bye.